Welcome to Home and Identity, a podcast examining the meaning of these words in the lives of immigrants and expats. I am your host and producer of this podcast, Sarah Tori. My guest Alejandro is now living in Germany, but he came from Colombia. He shared his experience through various moves to different places and all of the lessons that he's learned along the way. I hope you enjoy this conversation and let's have a listen. Hi, Alejandro. Thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the show. If you don't mind, please uh, tell us where you were born and where you are now and uh, your age range. So, hello, Sarah. Uh, thanks for having me. So, yeah, my name is Alejandro Castellote. Uh, I was born in Colombia, in Bogota, Colombia, uh, which is the capital. Uh, I'm currently living in Hamburg, Germany. I've been here for the last four years or so, and I am 33 years old. Awesome. Hamburg is my favorite German city, so <laughs> really great to to know another uh, fellow Hamburg lover. Um, fantastic. So you said that you did um, live in Hamburg for how long now? Four okay. years. Four years. Okay, so you yeah, braved through crazy. the COVID and yeah, so things yeah. are back to normal now? I would say yes. To the, to the point where um, I'm surprised if, if any venue or, you know, if at any point I am uh, in need of a mask. Uh, yeah. You know, wow, which is really nice. Like, yeah, the other day I was, I went to, um, to my doctor's, you know, just my like house doctor here. Right. Uh, yeah. to, to just get a quick checkup. And they were like, oh yeah, you need a mask. And uh <laughs> You know, I didn't have one. And, you know, you you live through COVID where you just like live with a mask in your pocket that you can oh, yeah. just access at any time. And yeah, anyway, we are <clears throat> we are doing uh, much. It's a different world now than it was. Yeah, I, I have a hard time imagining that because when we lived in Hamburg, it was shortly after we arrived like less than six months COVID started and everything was basically shut down and it was a ghost town pretty much for the for the remainder of the time that we were there so it's really nice to hear that things are coming back to normal and this is such a vibrant city it's it's really it nice is. so it is it's great yeah, to, it's, to hear that things are it's lovely and spring is is here basically yeah. uh you know and and uh we're and May is my have this... favorite month in there. Oh, yeah. May is fantastic. Uh, before it gets too hot, you know, there's like air conditioning is not really much of a, a thing, thing here. So yeah. in the summer, it does get quite warm. Uh, and and this time where it's just like a little crispy in the morning and then just like pleasant in the afternoon, it's yep. can't beat that. It's it's the sweet spot for sure. Exactly. It's yeah. it's nice. And, and the flowers, my God, the flowers were just amazing and Hamburg yeah. and they just all of a sudden, uh, all of them kind of in a span of a couple of weeks start blooming and yeah. you go from really bare trees and not much happening to all these different colors. So really, really yeah. a favorite uh, time of the year of mine. Fabulous. So, um, 
I guess before I ask you how did you end up in Hamburg, <laughs> maybe we go back to to Colombia. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your childhood and uh, what was it like in Colombia? And uh, I know something happened between Colombia and Germany. Yes, uh, <laughs> you left somewhere else too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about Colombia and uh, kind of paint a picture of what it was like and uh, what was your childhood like. Yeah, so so you know I lived in Colombia for 10 years and so mm -hmm. I was you know I was born there and then yep. and then moved to the U.S. when I was 10. Uh, so my memories of Colombia are of me as a as a essentially a baby right uh, yeah and uh, yeah what 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 do I remember from that time uh, anything like it, school or family yeah. relatives friends anything like that yeah, 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 yeah. No, so so for for school, first of all, I I was um I I moved around schools a little bit. Um, okay. I I uh in my in my first years, I was a a, a bit of a troublemaker, you could say. Um, really? I, I got in <laughs> I got guess. in some trouble. Yeah, I I don't know why. Um, but I got in like some trouble uh, at the beginning of my life. Okay, it was you yeah. know, I was just trying things out, I guess, and I learned and I improved. Um, and so I, I I moved around schools a little bit, and and my the last school that I was at, um, you know, it's like a private school in Colombia. Basically, you go to a private school if you have the means to to do okay. so. Uh, and so is it because private a, schools mm, are better in terms of education than public schools? Yeah. Yeah. Much, okay. much better. Uh, ah, okay. it, it's like a, a no comparison type of type of thing. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so thankfully um, we, we did have some, some means at least. Uh, and, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I went to this like private school, which is like all, all uh, men that, okay go there so um mm -hmm. you know and it was also a religious uh a religious school um mm -hmm. catholic is the is the main uh religion in in colombia okay. and um mm -hmm. yeah i mean it was a it was a good experience i i loved it you know it's it's one of these things where you don't really know what uh any better uh yeah. and uh and I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I remember there were a lot of activities I was involved in, and, and all this kind of stuff. And I was like a captain of my soccer team, and 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 uh, that's exciting. Was, yeah, no, it was you know, my time in Colombia. Um, it was, it was, it was very. It, it's something that holds a very like special place in my heart because mm -hmm. that's. That's like where I came from, and that's where I experienced like a lot of love uh, with my like broad, like my big family, right? Yeah. Uh, not that it it stopped after yeah. after I moved, but like there's a lot of things that that uh, we had growing up with the big family that mm -hmm. that was just part of life, right? Like right. I have. I have so many cousins. I don't know how many cousins I have. Yeah. So many of them. Um, and I can imagine it's not just the first cousins. It kind of goes to second cousins and so on and so on. Yeah. You know, it doesn't yeah. stop. I mean, your first cousin's cousins. friend is basically your cousin. <laughs> it's part I of the know. family too, of course. Yeah. 
And I think um, distance also yeah. makes a difference because when you're there, you all, of course, as you mentioned, you're involved in all these family activities and gatherings and yeah. things like that. But once you're uh, somewhere else and you've moved elsewhere, it's not as easy to continue that kind of connection. Yeah, it's not. It's it's really not, you know, and you think about, um, you know, in, in, in an ideal world, Okay, we've moved from Columbia to to Nebraska, which is where I moved to first mm -hmm. uh, into the into the states. And okay, same slash similar time zone. Yeah. Um, you would think, yeah, it's easy to just like you know give a call to people, but it's just not. It's just not. Yeah. You know, it's not uh, the same. Yeah, and I think the lifestyle is very different too, because um, not just the time zone, but I feel that in the U.S., everything's more hurried. Everything's kind of mm. go, go, go. Whereas yeah. in many other cultures, it's a little bit slower paced and a little bit um, calmer, which I really appreciate. Yeah. So I think, you know, if if I look at myself, calling even cousins, not just back in my home country of Iran, but um, my cousins are now spread all over the world. Even if we're mm. close in time zone, um, it's still really, it for me, it takes a mental preparation ahead of time to yeah. make a call to a family member. It's like, okay, I need to have, you know, a good half hour to just really talk to this person. It's not your quick, like, five-minute call. It's it's, no. it's just different, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's so different. And, you know, it's funny. I, I, uh like my grandma for example right uh mm -hmm. we would we would call my grandma sometimes and uh back then that was that was the time where you had to go and buy like these calling cards yeah 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 to, i remember do you know what i mean yeah, yeah you had to you had the to, phone uh, cards and yeah like a certain for, amount on the card that you had yeah yeah people that people that i don't know who listens to your podcast but people that you know have not have not experienced this yeah you would you would call this phone number that mm -hmm. says okay yeah we can connect you to this country and then boom you dial the number and then your time starts right yeah. and so you you get one hour with this one card and it costs yeah. 20 bucks yeah, um which was a lot back then right? yeah and, you know and Still it's expensive is, you know? yeah right. And, and, you know, my, my, my grandma was not, uh, was, was privy to some of that information. And so she's like, okay, you're calling, like, I have to hurry. Like, I'm yeah. just going to hurry this call up and, and not take any more of your time slash money. And it's like, no, just talk to me. It's, <laughs> Let's you just know, talk. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Just a little you know, it's there. It's funny that you mentioned that because you would get like the the two sides of uh, each like person, right? One person would be like your grandma who'd be like, okay, I really don't want to take up your time and your money. And, you know, I, yeah. I know you've gone through some effort to call me. And then on the flip side, um, at least I had some relatives who'd be like, oh my gosh, you called. Let's talk for two hours. And you're like, yeah. yeah, really don't have the time. First of all, I have to go to work or school or whatever or <laughs> The, the card is going to run out in in one hour. So it's like, yeah, yeah, there's not exactly. that much time. That's nice. So then, in terms of um, your move, so you you did have a very nice childhood, which is great. What made your family decide to move to the U.S.? Mm. So 
so my recollection of of how I understood it at the time and and even still now I guess um mm -hmm. you know my mom <clears throat> my mom wanted to like expand her herself professionally and okay. and she wanted to like learn English um as as part of that and you know how to do that best if if not to move to a country that speaks it um mm -hmm. and so so you know that was that was the the thing and and you know I don't know exactly if she had in mind at that time that already oh yeah like I want to see what opportunities there are in the states right. um and you know and and that's that's basically how it happened she she moved in 99 I guess okay. um and and I guess six months later is when uh I came up with her so right. I, I didn't go with her right from right the get-go okay um uh and and so then I moved up six months after that and then after that my my brother and then my sister came and and we all okay. kind of were phased in into the six-month process <laughs> right. you know I think you know in 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 uh, I, I guess in the the mind of my mom she saw like that there were a lot of opportunities that sure. that the U.S. had to offer uh, that mm. maybe we would not it would not be accessible to us in Colombia. In Colombia, yeah. Mm. And it's so. Do you know if at the time she planned on staying long term or if she just wanted to kind of try it out? And is that the the reason why she kind of spaced everybody out to not shock everyone yeah. into this culture all of a sudden and say, ah, it's not working out. Let's move back. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And, and maybe I'll find out that answer uh, after, <laughs> after right. you play this to her. and like, honest. so. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And you know, also, like, for me, it was a relatively easy move, because I was 10 years old. And at, at 10, yes, you have friends, you have connections, and so on. But it's different than with my older siblings, who are like, mm -hmm. you know, nine, 10 years older than me. Like those are, you know, those are young adults, and exactly, uh, it's a By much point, tougher move. Right. By that point, you've you have created much deeper relationships and yeah. connections with your friends and uh, you know loved ones. So that's definitely, yeah. I I can speak for that. I was eighteen when I moved. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's tough. That's right. yeah, yeah. So fantastic. Then you moved to Nebraska. Was there a reason why Nebraska? Or was it just kind of any, many, many more the States and this was the easiest place to go? I mean, family, right? We, oh, okay. we had some so family, family there. And, and I, I guess that's how most immigrants find, find yes, their way exactly. to, to a new country. Um, you, you have you so know. many unknowns already. So if you yeah. do have some kind of known factor in a, in a new place, that's, that's right. always nice. To, yeah. to hold on to that and then yeah. um so tell me a little bit about that move and uh so the arriving part was easy but was it easy to adjust to the new culture and new way of life and new language I think as as kids it's much easier to learn the language but as far as everything else goes how how was it for you yeah so you know we moved I moved in December um Mm. to you know uh good time of the year to move <laughs> yeah. it was one of these situations where like my mom um essentially had to bring a, a jacket a, a winter jacket for me to to put on right after getting at off the, the plane because I didn't own one I didn't own like a 
a legit jacket, you know, both right. eyes. It gets chilly, but it's it's quite mild. It's pretty close yeah. to the equator. Um, and so Nebraska, not so much. <laughs> yeah, Nebraska, not so much. So it was a it was a bit of a shock. Uh, and and yeah, I mean, you know, it it, it definitely was. I remember it being a, a, a challenging time for sure because mm-hmm. you know you you give up a lot uh, in in such a move and and I did have a nice like community and I had all my family uh, and and that's that's what you miss most right, right. Um, so and then and then as far as the day today you know I I went to a school that was like uh, it was a relatively rich district. Um, it was like my mom, my mom basically like situated ourselves in a, in a place where like I could belong as part of that district that had a strong reputation. Uh, and so I started to go to the school at this district. Eventually we moved to a different place, um, that was like, you know, actually affordable to live in, but I was now grandfathered quote unquote into this district. Um, right. And man, uh, there must have been maybe three Latinos in this in this school. I mean, wow. no diversity uh, wow. whatsoever. Um, and and uh, you know, I would say I would say that that was for sure the case for the elementary school. Right in the in the middle and and high school the diversity grew, I would say, but still it was, it was very, you know, this is like middle America, just a lot of white, uh, and, and not really a huge, um, perspective, let's say. Right. That. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's interesting because anytime I, I hear people, you know, remember in their elementary, especially as you mentioned, elementary school years, it's, it's so interesting to realize that we're not even talking about that long ago. It was like the year 2000. It was like barely over 20 years ago. It was not that long ago, but I remember my husband was also mentioning a while back about his experience in elementary school. He grew up in Colorado and he was saying that his elementary school didn't have much you know, diversity, there are not a lot of colors in school at all. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, the the first time I saw um, somebody who was not white, it was really surprising, but also pleasantly surprising. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, there is some kind of diversity finally happening. But, you know, and it's, again, it's not that long ago. And these are places that are not out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, he, he grew up in Denver. So it's just like, wow, it's amazing yeah, to think about a... that, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so diversity was one thing. That was a huge culture shock, I, I'm imagining, for you. But also, um, you didn't speak the language when you first arrived, right? Oh, yeah. So was that yeah, something yeah. that was kind of like, was sort of singling you out even more uh in in the community within your elementary school oh my god yeah um so you know most schools will offer like um esl right english as a second language programs Mm -hmm. and it's for those people that don't speak the language so that they can get integrated into that um we did 
on paper have such a program um mm-hmm. but honestly like i don't know i i spent maybe an hour or two every week with somebody um wow. not much at all yeah and and this could be totally wrong i don't know i was 10 years old but my perception was that there was very little time spent with me and this person and uh and 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 then i went into a classroom full of students of of whom none of them spoke spanish right and yeah. so it was literally just like okay uh like <laughs> figure this out um yeah you know i i always sometimes i tell people this story that like um you know i really had very basic knowledge hi how are you mm-hmm. right yeah. uh and and we were taking a a spelling quiz right this mm-hmm. is maybe my first week into the thing and and i didn't know what was going on cuz i didn't understand anything that <laughs> right. the teacher was saying and then all of a sudden i have a paper in front of me and everyone's looking down at the paper and then mm-hmm. the teacher goes up and she says a word i don't know yeah. bicycle Right. And then people are writing and I'm like, okay, so I think I'm supposed to write this write word, but I don't know why. And, and, and I like raise my hand and I'm like, and she's like, yeah, Alejandro. Yeah. Hi. I, I'm like, hi, how, so how do you write? Like, you know, uh-huh. how yeah. do you write this word? Uh and and she was just so like baffled by the fact that somebody would ask that question you know it's like hey teach <laughs> what's the answer uh and then she just laughed and she's like well i'll just spell it out and then all the students were just laughing i uh, can imagine oh you my know god. oh my god i mean there's so much stuff that happens when you know because also at some point like you just you pretend you try to play the parts and so yeah. I, you know, I don't know how it was with you and, and the, the, you know, language skills you had at the time, but, you know, you just kind of nod along and you're like, yeah, okay. And, you it know, it really becomes the case of fake it till you make it, I think. And oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's so interesting that you are recalling this story and, and something you mentioned made me really chuckle. Well, I, I think I'm supposed to write this word, but why? Right. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I had never thought about that. Why do we do? Yeah. And my oldest is now uh, in elementary school, and he comes home with every week they have spelling quiz and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of made me think about, yeah, a, a young child in that age and put into this very foreign environment and asked to do something that one, they don't understand why they're doing it, two, they don't even know that. This is a usual, regular event that happens on a weekly basis. Like you, you have no yeah. context of what is happening, and yeah. all of a sudden you have to figure it out. And what you mentioned about you do have to pretend and you nod a lot of times. I remember um, when I was in, because when I arrived, I basically went to college and I was in a community college, and a lot of times people would say things and. I kind of would grasp words here and there. So you kind of mm. understand the gist of what they were talking about. And my knowledge of English was not any better than yours. It was like, hello, how yeah. are you? This is a car and that's about it. Um, 
But a lot of times you find yourself in a situation that there's a group of people and they're saying something and everybody's laughing and you laugh along with them because you don't want to be the oddball in the middle yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then somebody comes and asks you a question and you're just kind of like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to respond. You know? <laughs> yeah. So I've been in, yeah. been in those situations so many times. And about the ESL that you mentioned, uh, my sister... Uh, who was quite younger than me. She was about five when we moved to the U.S. Um, they did have this ESL program mm-hmm. at her elementary school, and we lived uh, in a small little town up in um, northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about uh, weather shock, <laughs> you know. And we arrived in late November as well, so it was like uh, going from the. From the climate in Tehran, we we had four seasons. So I had seen snow. I had experienced cold weather, but nothing like north of Illinois, kind of south of Wisconsin winter. And that year was particularly bad um, Uh. in terms of the temperatures. And they kept saying, oh, we haven't had this kind of weather in the last like 12 years. And we all (laughs) of a sudden got stuck in the house for a week with like three feet of snow. You couldn't go anywhere. But going back to the ESL part... My sister was in, uh, I think, kindergarten or first grade, I can't remember. And at the beginning of the day, they had this ESL class for her and a couple of other kids. Um, And at that point, surprisingly, in this little town, there was some diversity. So she was not the only person in this ESL class. Um, But I do remember her constantly not wanting to go to school and had this... Mm. um, really strong desire for wanting to stay home and just not wanting to deal with any of it. And she didn't want to speak English for the longest time. And um, at that time, my mom was working and my dad and my brother were back in Iran, kind of finishing up the, the whole process of moving. So I was the person usually taking my sister to school and it was a challenge. A lot of days I was oh. kind of like, quite literally dragging her to school many days, like, we really got to go, you know, we can't just stay Uh home. And then after school, our routine was, let's sit down and watch Sesame Street or watch Arthur or watch whatever that was on Mm -hmm. PBS Mm -hmm. we could could watch. And it took her about a year to even agree to speak English. Mm. And then after that, it kind of flipped around now. She didn't want to speak Farsi anymore. (laughs) It was all English. Uh Um, but yeah, I remember her um, feeling very, I think, even at that young of an age, self-conscious about being different, not fitting yeah. in, and just really kind of struggling with uh, getting used to this new language and new routine. Yeah. So, and, and it's, yeah, go ahead. It's, it's so true. Um, and I think, you know, I... I consider myself lucky in that I have a personality that is, um, you know, I, I, I don't care if I embarrass myself in a way. I yeah. really am not one of these people that takes themselves very seriously. Right. Um, sometimes at a fault, maybe. Um, but in any case, you know, I can just imagine, and I'm also a big extrovert. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think of those people that are not this way and like how scary it is, you know, because like what, what some people don't really understand. And I've also experienced this in Germany is that like, Mm -hmm. 
it, the, the, the range of emotions really varies and yeah. it is a scary thing. Like it is a mm -hmm. scary thing to put yourself out there yeah. and you might have an experience as an expat or as a, as a immigrant, I don't know, uh, where, where you have an okay transition yeah. and things are kind of working your way and it's hard and so on. And, and it's hard. The baseline is it's, hard okay yeah. um yeah. and and you might have you might have a situation where you're literally scared to go out into the world like yeah, you're absolutely. at home and you're like uh can I cuss in this program of course <laughs> and you're like shit like I why would I go outside like you know people are gonna you know, maybe, you know, not take me seriously, or they're gonna laugh at me or, you know, it's scary. Like It is, it really is. And it's a really good point to talk about because I spoke to, this was when I was in Hamburg, I um, had a little uh, interview with a uh, psychology PhD student, and she was, um, she was doing a research based on uh, dreams of immigrants. So mm. you're an immigrant and when you go to sleep, what kind of dreams you have, which was mm -hmm. really fascinating to me. Um, mm. So I, I did have an interview with her, but one of the things that she mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation was that, because um, I always ask these like questions, like why would you care, you know, about mm -hmm. dreams of immigrants? What's so important about it? What's so special about it? And she said, one thing about immigrants or expats or anybody who has a long distance move. It, it could even be mm -hmm. a domestic move for in the US. So US is huge from yeah. one side of it to another side of it might as well be an international move. But she was saying anytime you have um, this kind of uh, a move and you're basically displaced, it's a mm -hmm. traumatic event. Yeah. And so we look at it as trauma and how does trauma affect people and in this case, mm. affect their sleep and dreams and things like that. So that was, to me, it was kind of like an aha moment. And it kind of makes you think about the struggles that, um, especially at that time, and this was shortly before COVID happened, um, even with my move as an immigrant to the US and then my move again as an expat to Germany. And I, it just made me think about, oh yeah, these anxieties that I feel, these fears that I have, there's a reason why, because you're literally putting right. yourself in a uh, in a situation where your system as a whole feels kind of like a fight or flight mode. And a lot yes. of times you can't recognize, you know, where which direction to go. Should I fight for this and stay and continue or should I just get the hell out of there? Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's uh, it like shocks you to your core. Mm -hmm. uh in some way so yeah it's it's really interesting that, that you brought that up yeah it's and it's funny and and we'll get more into the conversation about your experience in the u.s but um one last thing on this kind of shock that you're giving yourself or is brought onto you by you know you moving as a child and so on a lot of the times that i feel like people who stayed behind, you know, maybe in your case, your family back in Colombia, or in my case, my, my family in Iran or friends or people who are back um, to our original home, if you would, mm -hmm. 
they have this um, sort of misconception about, oh, now they're living in a different country and life is peachy and everything is just rainbows and butterflies and happy. But what they don't realize um, is it's not like that at all. You do go mm-hmm. through a lot of stressful situations in your life and a lot of mm-hmm. battles that um, are even in many cases, quiet battles. They're not things that people hear about or even experience a lot of times, but you as a person go through and you have to find your way and navigate your way out of there. And that causes a lot of people who do move um, some lasting effects emotionally, psychologically, physically a lot of times as well. Yeah. Yeah, I... um... I'm sorry. I, I just have to continue. I know we've gone on this tangents, but no, but this is I, great. That's I why just, I love this conversation because <laughs> we know, can go off tangent. Yeah, and and like what you just said just speaks so true to me. Um, mm-hmm. Not so much with the with the Columbia move, which I'm mm-hmm. sure has like enormous psychological impacts on who I am today that I have no idea what they are yeah because you were much younger right yeah but what I can speak with with you know at at least a more adult brain now is is it's so true like you know people have this idea of the this like romantic like Mm -hmm. oh living in Europe oh my god you're going to Europe that's amazing like you're gonna see so much stuff and eat croissants every day and you know, and uh, and then you make the move and like, okay, it's maybe nice in the first couple of weeks or maybe yeah. months. And, you know, you go through this curve where like, and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is my life. And I have no idea how to get around the city. I, yeah. you know, also there's, okay, there's a culture shock also for me, particularly in Germany, yeah, which was very difficult Um, and, and, uh, and your, your people back home who are your, you know, this is your core and, uh, they, they might not, at least for us, they did not understand Mm -hmm. what, what we were going through at all. And then you, you start to feel this, like, I don't know, this isolation of like, man, nobody hears me or yeah. nobody understands kind of what's what's going on and absolutely that's that was really for us that was really challenging now I think I've come to terms with this to some extent and I you know I try not to put any blame because mm-hmm. nobody was trying to uh, you know yeah. be hurtful everyone is trying to be supportive but the perspective is just maybe not there to yeah I think know. a lot of times um and and this is why I love these conversations because we're talking about our individual stories and what happened to us personally, right? Mm. Uh, when we went through these experiences and what you were mentioning about Germany, was it, it just speaks volumes to me because we went through similar things, not um, exactly with the immediate family because, uh, well, my family is an immigrant family. And um, yeah. at that time, yeah. my brother and his family had moved out of the U.S. too to another country. So they kind of were feeling some of these pains, but we did have some conversations with other distant relatives who would say things like, 
oh yeah, this is fantastic because now you guys can just take a train and go to this place and that place. And you're like, no, we're first of all, you have to navigate day-to-day life. This is not a yeah. vacation. You're not mm-hmm. you're not in Europe to go have a you know three-week tour of Germany and France and Italy and just kind of like sit on the beach and uh, read a book or something like that. This is you have to now figure out how to live and survive in this new community, in this new country, with this new language. A lot of differences that um, are between the two two countries. And to me, it was interesting because I had experienced the move from Iran to the U.S., which is completely like, might as well go to a different planet. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have a... Um, a mental picture of what it was like to live in the U.S. Because, well, for one thing, we had all the sorts of censorship back in Iran where you you don't really see much of the U.S. culture up until yeah. the time I was a teenager. And then you illegally obtain your you know satellite dish and then you can watch MTV mm-hmm. all day long. And then that's the picture you have of the U.S. And then you move to the U.S. and you're like, oh, crap, that's not it either. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. <laughs> then... Moving to Germany, I was thinking initially, it was like that romantic idea that you mentioned was so true. Like, oh, yes, I've always wanted to live in Europe. I've always wanted to experience this. And I studied music and I, I'm i an artist. So I loved just going to museums. And to me, this like really romantic idea of, oh, I'm going to go to concerts every day and I'm going to see like music played on the street every day, which mm-hmm. in a normal situation, you probably would. Um, a lot of times we, we lived uh, really close to one of the biggest train stations in Hamburg. And even during COVID, you would see musicians come and play instruments and sing and things like that. So that was really cool. Oh, but yeah. um, just figuring out how to register yourself and your like place of living in Hamburg was right. a nightmare. I mean, that oh, in itself gosh. was such a foreign thing to us. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that was the beginning of this long road of really trying to understand what am I supposed to do to pay taxes, to register? Like I, I, I couldn't figure out how to register my kids in a daycare. Here, oh you just gosh. go to the daycare and you're like, can I sign up a form and pay you money and my kid can go? To-? No, it was this like long waiting list. I was, we were there in 2019 and so many daycares that I went to, and we granted we did live in a busy part of town, but mm-hmm. still, I would go to the daycare. I was like, I was like a salesperson knocking on doors, and with no. my with my two little kids, like a stroller through the rain and snow. Can you please, you know, take my kids? And they would look at their list, and they'd be like, Oh no, we have a waiting list until 2021. <laughs> and I was like, What? <laughs> How? Oh, yeah, because all of the kids that are here already, the priority goes to their siblings and then their siblings and so on and so forth. And so oh, you don't get, I mean, wow. it, was just, it was a nightmare. And then, oh, yeah, it was just so many things that makes you just want to, you know, take the next flight right back. <laughs> Be like, done with this. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine. You know, I, I had a, a, a colleague who uh, was... Well, she was Danish, but she was living in Germany for a long time. And, and she 
was pregnant, had had a baby, and she had issues getting getting the <laughs> the kids to the kita or the kindergarten, and yeah. uh, you know, gosh, I I am so sorry. That must no. have been really difficult. It's it is what it is, but I think it in the end, I don't think uh, the experiences that we all go through as immigrants or expats, I think these are really valuable. At least for me, it kind of gives you opportunity to grow yeah, and see the world a little bit differently. And that's what I yeah. take away from that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fully agree. So now living in Germany and I guess we skipped the part why you moved from the U S to Germany and you did move a little bit within the U S as well. Right. Yeah. We, um, so I was, you know, I kind of, uh, did the whole like middle school, high school thing in, in Omaha, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And then I moved for, for call for university to, to Minnesota um, mm-hmm. and was there for the four, four and a half uh, yeah. years. You know? um, and, uh, and then I moved to Pennsylvania where I started work. And then I moved to Baltimore, Maryland um, with my my now wife um uh because she got into a, a graduate program there so we we went there yes. together um yeah i so, see a pattern you kept going to colder places <laughs> oh my gosh yeah kept what are going we north doing? <laughs> i mean now i'll have to say the um minnesota was by far the coldest like oh, yeah, by I can imagine. far it's it's oh. so cold. I mean, it's, yeah. Um, and I have to say the winters here in Hamburg have been the most challenging of all these places. Because, really? yeah, Minnesota Is it because gets, the gray just keeps forever going forever? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, Minnesota gets minus a thousand degrees and whatever. <laughs> That's really cold. You know, you you can spit, and by the time it hits the ground, it's like an it's icicle. Um, <laughs> but at least you get a sliver of sunshine. <laughs> yes, and that makes an enormous difference because, like, absolutely, you know, whether it's whether it's uh, uh, you know thirty degrees or like minus twenty, yeah. uh, you know, you're most likely inside. And You're mostly frozen, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, and so you may as well enjoy a little sunshine. Uh, right. So, Whereas Hamburg, yeah. it doesn't. You don't get snow that much, but no. it's gray. Just oh my god! Half of the year, and it's, it's raining. So tough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there can go literally weeks at a time where you you might not see the sun, not even yeah. like a little peak, and that <laughs> is really hard. I had a um, a yoga teacher in Hamburg who was from Munich, and mm. she she used to make this joke. She would say, "Oh, um, everybody says that the best thing about Hamburg is that Hamburg has the best and nicest shade of gray." And that's, <laughs> <laughs> I was that's like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> that's really silly." So then I'd have to ask you then. Why Hamburg? Uh, yeah, so I, I work for this Danish company, um, yeah. and we have we have it's this big like international company. We have 
places all over the world. And um, uh, I was working there. I was working for them in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And this nice opportunity came up for a role that I really, uh, that I really thought I would enjoy. And I did. Yeah. Uh, nice. Okay, and, good. Yeah. Um, and the locations that were available were, you know, like Iowa in the U.S. and then Nordborg, Denmark, which is a small town, uh, and and Hamburg. Uh, those were the options. And, you know, I, I always knew that I wanted to have an an international experience uh, mm -hmm. as part of like my professional development and right. um, and yeah just uh, that was the right timing I guess and uh, and that's that's how we ended up in Hamburg and are you um, still enjoying the decision do you think that was a good decision despite all the challenges yeah uh, super grateful super nice. grateful for the experience don't don't regret it one bit now if you asked me this <laughs> i knew there question, was a caveat there <laughs> uh, if you if you asked me this question in the first year year and a half of our mm -hmm. time here it would have been a very different answer um yeah. because it was uh, uh a tremendously challenging time um for for my partner and i yeah. um during that time Oh yes, I've I've been there. Um, but was it because of all of the, um, of course, the challenges with the move and sort of navigating day to day life mm. and things like that, or was it also COVID time as well? Do you think that contributed to it as well? Yeah. So so I think actually I would take COVID out of that equation because in mm -hmm. in some way. And this is going to be this is going to sound weird, but in some way, COVID was it it improved things for us in a way. Okay. So so my my wife she's a she's a nurse, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, as a nurse, you want to physically work with people in the same place. Uh, that's right. your number one. But uh, in in lieu of that, uh, during the COVID time, the the ability for somebody to to do telework. Uh, became uh, more of an option. And so right. she was actually able to work uh, during the COVID time, which, nice. which helped, you know, it, it helped uh, in, you know, your, your search for purpose and these kind of things. Right. Yeah. Um, so actually COVID in a way was nice for us, uh, <laughs> okay. uh, which is weird to say. Um, it, it was really more about, um, about the fact that it was it was such a culture um, change, yeah, um, and and it was really difficult to just get started, like mm. you know, because when you move to a new place, the first part of that, which is all of like the bureaucratic stuff that you have to figure out, oh, is yes. the worst. Like yep. that's the worst part of any like you know, of any place, you know, the US is no different, like dealing with government stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just a nightmare. Oh, it's a nightmare. Oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. You know, and so like, you know, you you go and like, that's the first thing that you're hit with uh, yeah. at, at the beginning of your trip. And then and then um, 
yeah. And then like, I was lucky to have the job, right? Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, in during the day I was, I went to the office and I was occupied and there was a lot of energy. And so I, I at least had some, some purpose there. Yeah. And, uh, and my wife, she, you know, she really missed this this part right. of her life because she wasn't so as she, busy yeah yeah she she came from from being a, a nurse which is a super fulfilling job yeah um to to not <laughs> doing yeah just uh, staying doing at any home job. Yeah. yeah and so it was so so challenging for her um and and you know and and, and for us as a couple now me outside of work it was just yeah. you know you just don't have a community we're very big community people we're both quite extroverts and we we like to you know see people and 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 whatever and and that was really difficult to just establish a community all over again right yeah. every time yeah. and and like you know you some people might think that hey you do this enough times it must be super easy and no it just gets freaking harder and harder every time yeah um so i think that was like, like that was a big thing and, and then also the thing that you know i was mentioning earlier about this this also part disconnect with with your community back home yeah exactly. um that was also really challenging, you know. It's for me that was a very emotional experience. I think because yeah. you you have that community. Um, for instance, friends. You know, you have a close friend, and you want to talk to them about your experiences, and you know, kind of help relieve the pressure and the the stress through mm-hmm. this these conversations. But then they don't have a clue what you're going through. Or they yeah. may just brush you off and say, oh, that's not a big deal. Just deal with it. You know, to you, it's a really extremely difficult time to be. And I think that that was a really difficult part for us as well. And especially for my husband, because my husband hadn't experienced living somewhere else. Hmm. Um, he's from the U.S. and he's you know, born and raised here and living somewhere else and trying to find a community, trying to find friends, trying to just have a normal conversation with somebody was, I think, really difficult for him. Um, I remember he came home one day from, um, I guess, like a physical therapy session or a doctor's appointment or something like that. And um, he said, you know what I miss the most is having an intellectual, proper conversation with somebody. And I said, what do you Mm. mean? He said, now I truly understand how difficult it is for um, people who speak with an accent and how they feel, because a lot of times they are um, assumed as not smart enough or not intelligent enough, whereas that's not the case. It's just you either don't have the full knowledge of that language, that new language you're speaking, or you're speaking with an accent and it might be hard for, for the natives to understand, but yeah. the kind of for instance facial expression that you get from people or if somebody's even trying to do their best and correct you and you may feel embarrassed through that process you know all of these Mm. emotions and feelings they're really difficult um for all of us you're always feeling self-conscious and you 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 don't want to you're like well i'm a human being i make mistakes who cares but sometimes it's easy to kind of fall into those traps and 
feel yeah. really sad and struggle through that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, that's it's so hard, and and you know, sometimes like uh, I I experience this in in the U.S. Uh, not in Germany so much because I'm not um, I'm not speaking German a lot. Right. Um, that's that's uh, on my list. Uh, and but you know when you say a word incorrectly or you don't mm -hmm. understand and 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 you are new to the language. So right. So what yep. you said, you, you know, uh, people might repeat what they said and they they, they say it like really loud um <laughs> and very articulate right just yeah. they say it slowly and raise the volume yep yeah but it's mostly you know i i for me like i experienced a lot of the more of the raising of the volume which uh -huh. is is comes off as really aggressive yeah um yeah. in in the sense of like hey i'm not i'm not like I'm not a dumb person. I just like, you know, I just, I, if you can I just, just speak a little word slower, or... you know, exactly. but it's, it's totally this, like this feeling of like, uh, hello, uh, right. you know, why don't you speak my language type of a thing? And I yeah. really experienced this. Me and my family have experienced this in, in, in the U S quite a bit. Um, it's, yeah, it's tough. It is, I think, um, especially now, I don't know if this was the, the same experience with you, but I feel like especially coming from certain cultures, it heightens that a little bit um, yeah. for some folks here as well. Um, and I've had um, a lot of friends from Latin cultures and um, they complain about that a lot as well. Like, why are you yelling at me? Or just like, you know, why are you repeating what I just said? And yeah, okay, I didn't say it with a perfect accent, but who cares? Um, yeah, and it's just there's that kind of like I guess stigma um, about these like oh these people are not speaking the correct language or the correct pronunciations. Kind of like okay, just get over yourself. It's not a big deal. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because now that I'm raising my kids in this culture and my husband's American and I find myself correcting them sometimes even like all right ain't ain't a word <laughs> say ain't or like you know. yeah but in Texas I think that's uh, yeah, where you yeah, are right y'all and ain't exactly those are legit words <laughs> or my yeah. or my four-year-old comes the, <laughs> the word y'all the word y'all honestly I think should be should be expanded more across the across the u.s because it's a really good one honestly like I, th this is one thing in the english language like the fact that we have to say you guys is uh -huh. ridiculous I, like you know and and so sometimes in work emails i'll also say i'll also write y'all um, <laughs> and people are like did you just write y'all in a in a work email? I'm like, yeah, I did. And it makes I'm making sense. a statement. For the longest time, I refused to say y'all because we moved from California where you guys is the thing. Yeah. Um, and, and all of our friends made fun of us. I'm like, what the heck is you guys? I'm like, yeah, but y'all. And then one, per one person was telling me this and it just made me laugh so hard. They're like, okay, so you know, there's a difference between y'all and all y'all. 
y'all can be used as a singular. What? And all y'all is plural. Okay. That's not that's not true, but it was like、uh, it made me laugh so hard. It's like okay, great. That's really funny. Texas Dictionary of y'all. So <laughs> it's great. That's so funny. Yeah, you know, in in our time, <clears throat> at least in my time, like I've experienced you guys in the Midwest.、Mm-hmm. Uh, in Pennsylvania, sometimes people even say "use guys." Use, use yeah, guys. I've heard that. Use guys. <laughs>、uh, and and Baltimore, you know, Baltimore has a has also this southern、um, influence, and and there they use y'all、uh, pretty yeah. frequently. Yeah,、oh, I didn't know that. So, and and of all the of all the options, y'all has been my my favorite. And and by the way, in the time of、uh, diversity inclusion. You know all these things. It's a more inclusive word. That's、so. that's absolutely right. So、um, I I do have to ask the inevitable inevitable question.、Um, where do you call home, and how do you identify yourself then, through all of these moves and experiences? Um. So I identify myself as a as a Colombian American. Okay. Um. I haven't maybe been here in Germany enough, and I've not embraced the the culture probably enough to to add that into my uh, uh, identity. Profile. <laughs>、right. Yeah, Colombian American German. <laughs> yeah,、uh, I'm just gonna stick with the two for now. You know,、uh, it's it's. I I was asked this question like actually recently as well, and I would say you know are they people are like oh do you consider yourself more American or more Colombian?、Mm-hmm. And I said honestly I don't know,、um, yeah. but I always when I describe who I you know where I come from and stuff like that it always is Colombian American,、mm-hmm. um, and and probably some of that is just the. My choice of what I prefer, maybe let's say, yeah.、Um, because also, like, there was there was this cultural shock when I moved to the U.S.,、um, yeah. where I I didn't feel like I belonged in in Nebraska for、mm-hmm. a long time, maybe ever. I don't know if I ever felt a sense of belonging in in Nebraska.、Um, okay. You know, obviously at home, yeah, but you know, it's it's different when you go out into the world.、Um, yeah, yeah. And and、uh, and、uh, Colombia, my family, like this is just so close to me. The language, right? Like,、yeah. you know, also like when you hear Farsi, like something inside you is just、um, feels warm. It's just warm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Um, So that's how I would like kind of identify myself. Let's say if I if I were to、mm-hmm. choose, you know,、yeah. uh, one or the other. You sorry, were you going to say something? No, no, no. It was it was interesting that you said you feel warmer, and I I kind of thought about something that、uh, years ago my husband said that kind of made me laugh a little bit.、Um, so when we when we first had kids、um, with my oldest,、um, and I speak to them. In Farsi, whenever I can, it's it's sometimes、mm. challenging because they always respond back in English, so it's hard for me to. Yeah, yeah. I literally have to translate in my head and just make sure I'm saying the <laughs> right thing. 
And now with my four-year-old, he kind of he kind of just gives me the shrug, and I I don't understand what you're talking about, mom. And then I have to say it in English, and then make anyways, it's it's a process. But um, it was funny because my husband would say, "Oh, when you want to be endearing to the children, you speak in Farsi, but、mm. when you're upset or you're stressed out, you switch to English." <laughs> and then.、Yeah. If you're speaking in Farsi, but your tone of voice is mad, that's when I know we're all in trouble. <laughs> yeah, speaking yeah. mad Farsi. <laughs> Watch out! <laughs> It's funny. There's like levels of language and intonation that comes with it. <laughs>、uh, that's really funny, and and so, you know, yeah, my my sister.、Um, My sister also has kids, and she she really tried to speak Spanish with them、um, growing up,、um, mm-hmm. and and she's she's also educating and them and stuff, and so she she also sometimes I think can go to this like the different language、uh, when when angry or or not.、Uh, yeah. My brother, I don't know. My brother, I think he's more consistent. Uh, but I think my sister definitely will experience this, and and she'll say the you know the full name and usually the wrong name. Oh yes, she'll, she'll go through <laughs> the whole list of like, okay, these are the males in my family, and eventually I'll get to the right one.、Uh, eventually, something sticks.、So、the right person comes.、Up. Yeah, it's so funny. Oh my god, I'm the same way. <laughs> like trying to say something to my oldest, and I call my youngest name, and then they're all confused and looking at me. I'm like.、Yeah! <laughs> Yeah, you're like, oh shit, you am I in trouble too? You know who I'm、too? addressing. <laughs> yeah, y'all in trouble. Y'all are in trouble. Y'all, y'all's guys. guys. Y'all's guys are in trouble. So now, going to the the question of home, would you now consider、um, Hamburg as your home? Um, I, you know, I've thought about this a little bit. Also, also, you know, be ahead of this podcast, right? Is、mm-hmm. that uh. I I don't know if I have a place that I call home.、Mm-hmm. Honestly, I I, I like a physical I location. Don't. Yeah. yeah, Hamburg is where I'm living currently. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know I think I think home is this really like、um, it's like an abstract.、Uh, I don't know motion. I don't know. It's、mm-hmm. it's it's a very It's something that is is unique to everyone, right? Yeah. And and for me, like, a home is is like a, it's a feeling, and、mm-hmm. it's 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 sometimes a a a fleeting feeling, right? It's like yeah, it's like when you when you walk into your house and you you feel warm or like you're getting in, under a blanket, like these are small, um. These are small, like、um, kind of like、know. moments of comfort. Yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 it's it's not just that. It's not just the 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 warm fuzzy feeling, but it's it's、mm-hmm. also like、uh, being understood. Yeah,、um, you know, feeling understood.、Um, there's like there's some. People that that you speak with, that you know, I don't know. Maybe it's because they've faced similar diversities,、mm-hmm. uh, adversities rather,、uh, yeah. 
or or because they just happen to be very understanding people and you you have this this you said earlier that you're you're a musical person this uh i would i would describe it as a as a like a resonance right mm -hmm. or like yeah. a harmony like something where like you say something and like it just and they say, say something back and you just feel this feeling of like wow you understand me that's such a beautiful uh, way of putting it to be understood yeah Feels like home yeah that's really that's really nice i never thought about it that way yeah but it's and, so true and, and i think that that that's that's one of the things that has been like has been challenging for us in in our time yeah. in in Germany and and like and um when you find those people or or those things where you do find this this feeling uh I mean it's just great and you just yeah. want to like soak that up any exactly and so that's yeah. that's how I would describe home uh that's not, really, not in that, a physical location. Yeah, and that's a really lovely way of putting it. And I think uh, what you mentioned is is so true because I find myself a lot of times gravitating to other immigrants and other expats and other people who mm. um, have moved around and have experienced different things. And what you said is so true because they have similar experiences. They went through similar challenges. And so you, you kind of have that invisible connection with them yeah. and that understanding that's very beautiful in all of these experiences that you've had and these places that you moved and um the challenges also that i'm sure you felt with uh, with your partner do you think all of it was worth it if you're given the chance to do it differently would you I think it all was worth it. Mm -hmm. um, would I have done things differently? So I would have um, been more uh, proactive at, at communicating my desire to move internationally yeah. uh, in a more transparent way and, and much earlier to my partner. Okay. Because that was that was something where we we were not on the on the same page, and ah. it was totally on me. And mm -hmm. you know, she she did she did uh, sign up to for us to 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 move to to Germany, and now is is very grateful for it. We both are. Yeah. Um, but that's one thing that if I could advise people that are maybe looking into this and you know also at work we have people that are maybe considering this I always say have a very like transparent conversation with uh, those you know those loved ones uh, that might join you in 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 this journey because because uh, it's it's not easy um, so it's you have to be on the, the faint same of heart, for sure um, now looking back at our four years, I think, honestly, I think there's no greater experience than having this experience of, of moving to a different place. Um, I think it has challenged 
it has challenged me in in ways that I didn't think were possible. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, both on the personal and on the on the professional side. Uh, and I I really uh, I really believe that I have grown into a a very empathetic and understanding person. Um, and like. I mean, you know, what else is there to life than than to be able to like connect with people uh, in in really meaningful ways, uh, and 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 having this experience where you get to learn different perspective and you get to see people that you know are totally different from you. Yeah. Um, wow! Like, what a blessing that is to to Absolutely. be able to do that. That's so well said. That's that's really well said. And something that we sometimes take for granted if we are living in more diverse places. Uh, but it's I think it's a totally different um, experience altogether when you remove yourself from the place of comfort and put yourself in a very uncomfortable situation. And then in that situation try to be understanding of other people as well. I mm. think that's the part that really makes you kind of, I don't know, for me, it was this aha moment made me so much more appreciative of diversity in general. Yeah. Even though the, they, they call the U.S. the melting pot, not all of it is a melting pot. As you mentioned with your experience in, in, in Nebraska, it was not very diverse, but... Um, for instance, I, d- I lived in Los Angeles and I lived in Northern mm-hmm. California for many years. And it, there's real diversity, but it wasn't until I went to Hamburg where I really realized, wow, we are just experiencing all levels of diversity, all sorts of different cultures. And it was so eye-opening for me. And I yeah. learned so much about humanity just by going to a bakery, for instance, by our house is a lady who worked there who was just the most wonderful loving you know aunt figure you could have and she would help me with my german and she spoke four different languages and this mm. like really amazingly smart person and and she was also an immigrant um mm. and just having these sort of like small bits of conversation and these little windows that open up into somebody else's life to me, it was just so wow, eye-opening, so yeah. amazing. Yeah, 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 and it's it's like um, it, it and it it helps you in your day to day, right? It's not it's not just in the in our time, okay, in our time right now in Hamburg or during your time in Hamburg, but it's also mm-hmm. you know now when you're back in Austin. Houston, yeah, Houston, close enough. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Houston, you know, you you might see somebody that you disagree with, or you might see somebody that you have this experience where maybe they come off as a total jerk or something like that, mm-hmm. and and you know, your instinct that you would have of being like, oh wow, that person is like, why is that person so mean to me? You know, I think. Yeah at least what happens to me is now I, I have this like little s- step in the process before I get to that stage yeah, where I'm like, okay, exactly. well, what, what could be going on 
in this person's lives uh, mm -hmm. that that maybe could lead to this. And you, you know, you just become a more empathetic person. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know. And I think that's that that's really important. Um, and as you mentioned, what what is what's more to life than feeling more empathetic towards other people? And yeah. it helps. It really does help. You know, a lot of times now that we have our kids and they're growing up and they're experiencing some difficult times, maybe at school or amongst peers and things like that. I remember my husband had a conversation with with our son um, about somebody was mean to him at school, and instead of saying oh, well, if, if somebody's mean, just be mean back, you know, just mm. give them the taste of their own medicine kind of conversation. The mm. conversation went towards a different direction that, hey, if this person is mean, maybe they're experiencing challenges in their lives. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're lacking some things that you're not lacking. So maybe they need some help. Yeah. So that, and it, it just put a smile on my face because that is looking at the world and other people around us in a completely different light. Yeah. And if all of us can have this little bit of empathy for each other, a lot of the conflicts and misunderstandings can be resolved or just not even happen. Yeah. That's very beautiful. Very, very well said. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your amazing experience and um, i know there's so much more to talk about <laughs> but time doesn't permit unfortunately but i really appreciate yeah. you being open about your experiences and uh just telling everybody about how it went and what you've learned really appreciate that yeah it was my pleasure i'm a, I'm a work in progress and and uh all and, of us are you know uh, but it's been i've been I've, i'm very fortunate and i'm uh yeah I, you know, you have to be grateful for the experiences that you have and the fact that I've made it to the age that I, that I am now, uh, Absolutely. I'm very lucky and, and thank you for, for having me here. It's been really good to, you know, I, as I told you, uh, uh, the, the other day is like, this is, it has been also therapeutic for me in some way because it oh, lets that's me inside my brain and yeah. So <laughs> thank <amazing>. you. Amazing. <laughs> Well, it, it, it helps me also to understand a lot of uh, a lot of my own emotions and feelings and um, experiences. It gives me insight. Every time I talk to um, a fellow immigrant or expat or somebody who has experienced some of these uh, some of these challenges, it always helps because it gives me not always the same perspective as I do. It gives me a different perspective mm. and it helps me understand it from a uh, different point of view sometimes and it's it's always really nice because helps me also heal in a lot of ways so it's definitely a two-way street so i appreciate yeah, that absolutely i'm sure you're making your your grandma proud i, I think I it was your so. grandma that you, yeah yeah that i hope inspired so. you to do this yeah yes um my favorite grandma and i i hope she can wherever she is <laughs> can hear this or be happy yeah. at least. And uh, yeah, appreciate that. Thank you for remembering her. Yeah, yeah of course. Well, have a great time and uh, hopefully talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy these conversations, please don't forget to follow my podcast. If you have any feedback, please leave a comment. And if you would like to become a guest on this podcast, please contact me. Until next time, I wish you well.